Welcome to another episode of the Self-Doubt Solution, the show that helps entrepreneurs overcome the self-doubt that holds them back from achieving the next level of success, income, and personal freedom. The Self-Doubt Solution is hosted by the freedom architect, Mario Lanzarotti. Listen as Mario and his inspiring guests share practical insights and tools that help you find the shortcuts for exponential growth and success in all areas of your life. Learn how to build the mindset you need to create a life of true abundance, freedom, and fulfillment. And now, here is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. All right, all right. Welcome, my friends, my dear friends. This is Mario Lanzarotti, the Freedom Architect to the Self-Doubt Solution. We're going to have a good time today because we have my brother, the real Jason Duncan, on the show. He's a very special one. He is (laughs) someone that I has been looking forward to speaking with because he comes with such a vast amount of experience and knowledge into the space of entrepreneurship. And he's got something that he calls the exit lifestyle, which I'm really excited to talk about. And he is the founder of one of the fastest growing privately held companies in America and one of the top entrepreneurial companies in the country. He's a multi-award winning entrepreneur and founder of 12 companies. That's a lot. And I'm really excited because he also has been an unemployed teacher in 2010. So that's 12 years ago. And uh, it has been a fast track, I would say, to success. He's also been married to 27 years, which I really appreciate. I think these things need to be pointed out in the time and age that we're living in today. And I'm just really happy to have him on the show. Jason, first of all, tell me, is there a fake Jason Duncan? There are lots of them out there now, <laughs> evidently on Instagram, because every every day somebody's sending me a DM saying, hey, is this you? And I'm like, no, that's not me. Please report that account. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So excited to have you, my, my brother. Tell, tell us, what is it that you do today? I know you do a lot of things. And how can you help some of our listeners? Well, so I am a business coach and an entrepreneur, and the unique thing that I provide in the business coaching space is I show entrepreneurs how to exit without exiting. And in other words, what I mean is how to get out of the daily operations and the weeds and the 60, 80, 100 hour work weeks and actually get to living the freedom that they wanted to live when they started the business to begin with, because that's what I was able to do. I walked away, as we'll probably talk about today. Uh, from a multi-million dollar company uh, without selling it. So I, I still own it, still get all the benefits from it. And so I exited, but but I didn't really exit. So I call it exit without exiting. And I go on to live the exit lifestyle, as you talked about, which is kind of my thing. So that's what I do. And one of the tools that I provide for people, it's completely free. Uh, you can go at, go to amireadytoexit.com, amireadytoexit.com, and there's a there's a, a quiz there, a little assessment that you can take that's that, that's not fluff. This is something that took me months to write and actually come up with what are the questions that I could ask someone to give them a realistic explanation of how close they are to pulling off an exit of any kind, whether it's the way I do it, exit without exiting, or, or a total exit where you sell and walk away. So that's completely free. You can go to amireadytoexit.com and you can take that assessment. My team and I put together a report, send that back out to you. And then for those that qualify after that, they get access to me for a 30-minute free 
review of that assessment. Not everybody qualifies, of course, because some people's stages in their business life don't, you know, it doesn't qualify for what I do. But right. for those that do, that take the assessment, one of the possible actions at the end is that you get to talk to me for 30 minutes to review that and decide, is there a way that I can help you accelerate that? So am I ready to exit.com? Mm, I like that. The exit lifestyle. And you touched on something very important, freedom. You know, there's this, the, 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 I would say the number one value why people be decide to become entrepreneurs is because of freedom. And then they run into the reality of what it's like to run your own business, which means for a lot of them actually far less freedom than working for somebody else. And I'm curious, how did you get to this notion of the exit lifestyle? I'm assuming you once were living the opposite. Life looked very different for you. So can you tell us a little bit about that? You're right on, Mario. It's um, so many. The ironic thing about entrepreneurship is that so many entrepreneurs who strike out to begin uh, a business on their own is so that they can get freedom, so that they can become their own boss. And they, in effect, become their own employee because they build businesses that revolve around them as the personality, as the expert, as the hero, as I call it. It's called the hero syndrome. And they build these businesses where Every time there's a fire, every time there's an emergency, every time there's a damsel in distress, the entrepreneur puts the cape on, swoops in, saves the day. And at first, that makes sense. I mean, you have to do that when you start a company because you're the only one. I mean, everything's in your brain. You haven't gotten it out into paper on on paper for systems and processes yet. But the problem becomes is when the entrepreneur continues to do that year after year after year, effectively trapping himself in the business, uh, becoming a prisoner to that business. And I did the same thing. Although my uh, goal at the beginning wasn't necessarily to get freedom, I was a desperate unemployed school teacher who needed to pay his mortgage. <laughs> mm. So I started a company <laughs> in 2010 for that reason. I, I My co teaching contract didn't get renewed for the following school year because of budget cuts coming out of the Great Recession. Um, I was devastated because teaching was the the best thing I'd ever done in my life. It's what God put me on earth to do as a teacher. Now, maybe not a school teacher, but just certainly being a teacher, that's that's my unique gifting and superpower. But but I, I was devastated and I didn't know what to do. So I started a company uh, thinking, okay, I, I'm a good salesperson. I can make this happen. And I woke up seven years into that, very successful, recognized by Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine, as you mentioned in the intro. Uh, as a very successful company, but trapped. And, and I didn't realize it I, I, because I, I didn't start off as a as an entrepreneur thinking, I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to change the world. I just, I needed to pay the bills. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs probably listen to this show are the same way, but, but, but there is more to it. The freedom that you think you can get as an entrepreneur is actually there, but you have to do it intentionally. Mm. So many of us as entrepreneurs, uh, you know, we we talk smack about the W-2 corporate earners and how they're trapped in nine to fives and blah, blah, blah. And they got to ask for permission to take time off. And I'm like, uh, hello, you, you're trapped in a 24-7 and you have to make sure that the business doesn't crumble when you take time off. So how how's that any different? Maybe you make a little more money, but you certainly don't have as much time. I had, I'll tell this one story and I'll stop talking. But, mm. but I had a guy on my podcast one time very successful entrepreneur in the blue collar space. He was in, in, kind of in a blue collar deal, but he had built like a $10 million business in the blue collar space, which was pretty, pretty substantial. Yeah. And uh, he, this was a long, he, he was telling the story on my podcast, the root of all success. And he was telling me this and he said, he hired a business consultant 
back about 15 years ago to come in and just analyze what's going on. Can we make this better? And the consultant's report was, hey, Mr. Uh, Mr. Founder, you have a degree in accounting, right? And the guy's like, yes, which is funny but that a guy with a degree in accounting is running a blue collar, very successful business. But nevertheless, he goes, my recommendation is for you to shut the business down, uh, go work for an accounting firm. And the guy, the guy looked at him like he was crazy. He said, what? He goes, here's why. You will make as much money as you're making now, and you will have half the work and half the workload. And the guy, the guy, the guy was just like dumbfounded. And 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 but he and he took it to heart. He's like, Yeah, you're right. This is not the way business should be running. So he didn't take the guy's advice, but he took the guy's warning and he completely restructured his business. Now he's doing $30 million a year and he works half as much time and he makes probably 10 times as much money. So there is a way to build this exit lifestyle and this exit without exiting. And and I'd love to say I take credit for that guy being able to do that. He did that on his own before he met me. But but freedom is available to entrepreneurs if they build it right. Mm, I love that. That's a powerful story. And, and, and it's a shocking story when you really have to take a hard look at yourself and to ground in, in reality. And, and, and I'm wondering, what were some of the signs for you that made you wake up and say, well, I'm telling myself that I'm the successful entrepreneur who's living the freedom dream, but actually, am I really free? What were some of the signs that helped you even realize that? Well, and um, so so this is a this is a really good part of my story because I, and I love that question because in um, when I started the company in 2010, um, I brought on a business partner because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. When you need a little cash infusion at the beginning, you need a little advice, that's what you should do. I now know that that's not really the best reason for bringing a business partner. And, and I got a whole soapbox that I could stand up on and preach about business partnerships. Um, but I brought, brought on a business partner and um, I didn't really know what business coaches were. I didn't understand it. I thought life life coaching was kind of the only thing I'd ever heard of. And I would, I'd been a pastor and a school teacher. I didn't know what this stuff meant. It, but, but at some point in the first two or three years of my journey, I started going to events and conferences and listening to what other entrepreneurs were saying. And they were saying, yeah, my business coach, my business coach. And I thought, we need one of those. And so I go to my business partner, who was a minority partner in the company. Um, and I said to him, hey, I think we should hire a business coach. Nah, yeah, we don't need one of those. We're smart enough. I'm between the two of us. We can figure this stuff out. And I just acquiesced to that. I was like, okay, whatever. Like he was a, he was an older gentleman. He, uh, very successful in his own right. So I thought, okay, he knows what he's talking about. Well, in 2017, so seven years into this adventure, I finally said, you know what, to hell with it. I'm hiring a business coach. I'm not, I don't have to ask his permission. I'm the majority owner of the company. I'm the president CEO and I hired one. And, um, and so I remember meeting with a business coach and I remember asking him, look, just generally, what do you think of the business? And so he would spend two or three meetings, just meeting with employees, looking at the books, looking at the business, kind of giving us analysis. And, uh, you know, he was like, he was very uh, uh, flattering to, hey, well, you've done a great job. It's amazing that you were an unemployed school teacher to get this this far, but you're trapped. Like this business revolves around you. Yeah. And, and I was like, Okay, but what's wrong with that? And he goes, well, do you can you take as much time off as you want? I mean, are you able to come and go as you please? Does every deal run through your desk? And I'm like, yeah, I, I, no, no, no. Yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so everything was the bad, the answers. And 
I said, okay, well, well, well then let's just sell the company so that I can go at the time I was thinking, I'll go start a, a, a luxury car dealership or motorcycle dealership because those are the things I, I enjoy. And I thought I'll just go do that. And he said, sadly, Jason, um, you're not going to get any money for this business. And I said, are you kidding me? Look at our, how much money we're making. And like, we're very profitable. Bottom line is very strong gross uh, net margins. And he said, listen, they, the buyer would require you to stay because you've built the business around you. And so that was what woke me up. And I thought, okay, this is not, and, and I wasn't angry or mad or dissatisfied or frustrated with my business. I just knew that there was more to running a lighting company. I, I really didn't want to run a lighting company for the rest of my life. And uh, so I started thinking about, well, what do, how do I get out of this? And uh, so I started doing a deep dive into delegation, understanding what that means, how to do it, when to do it, where to do it, when not to do it, how not to do it. And I did that deep dive and it took me about two years and I really dove into what it meant and started making the changes necessary. And then when I got, when I figured that out, instead of trying to sell it, I just had this idea that, well, wait a minute, if this thing's running without me, why would I sell it? Why would I deal with the capital gains and all that kind of stuff? Why wouldn't I just keep it, let them run it and I can go off and start another company or get involved in another venture on without, without exiting. And that was the genesis of exit without exiting. And that mm. I walked away in January of 2020. Mm, I love that. And you touched on something very important, which is, you know, the exiting, the creating systems and delegation and automation around you so that you have more time, more liberty, more freedom. And I'm wondering what is it that you think was the mindset, the kind of the belief that held you in this position of like, I'm doing it all myself. I'm keeping it all evolved around me. So I think there's, I think there's a couple of layers to the answer to that question mm -hmm. about mindset around this. And I think one, the, the kind of the surface layer is, is simply awareness and and before you can change your mindset to something better, you have to be aware. I always say awareness is the key to recovery. So if you're an alcoholic, you can't get you can't recover until you admit that you're an alcoholic and drug addicts, et cetera, overweight, whatever it happens to be. Awareness is the key to recovery. So I think from a mindset perspective, which I appreciate your what you do as a mindset person, as a coach, um, is it starts with awareness. And see, I wasn't aware from 2010 to 2017. I was just grinding and hustling because that's what the that's what the Instagram and YouTube gurus told me to do. Like if you just hustle and grind, hustle and grind, you're going to be a millionaire. It's going to be great. Well, that's not true because if hustling and grinding made millionaires, there would be a millionaire ditch diggers on every corner because they hustle and grind every day. <laughs> and they, they're not that. millionaires. So so we so so I thought I think that the mindset to get me there started with just awareness by by getting in proximity with, you know, people like you and me right now, if, if younger entrepreneurs could get around us and listen to us talk, they're going to go, Oh, I didn't even know that. That's what we're supposed to do as the elder statesman in the successful entrepreneurial journey. Not that we're old, but we're older than them in the journey. And I think I started getting around these people. I started, like I said, going to conventions, uh, going to speeches, joining organizations. And I became aware that, wait a minute, there's more to this life as an entrepreneur than just showing up every single day and running this thing. So that's the first mindset is awareness. And I think that requires proximity and that, that requires you being in the right place at the right time, putting yourselves in those places. 
But then the second layer, the deeper layer to that mindset is um, dealing with limiting beliefs. And, and limiting beliefs, as you know, are beliefs that limit our ability to, to act. And we say, well, I can't charge, for example, I'll just give a small example. I can't charge uh, $100,000 for coaching because nobody will ever pay it. Okay, that's a limiting belief because how do we know that that's not true? Well, in fact, it isn't true because that's what I charge now. If you want the VIP access to me unlimited, that's what I charge. And people pay it. And 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 they are much better off for it. So these limiting beliefs about well, I can't I can't not be in my business every day because the business will fall. Okay, that's a limiting belief, and it's also arrogant and selfish. We could talk about all those different things that it really is. But I think to to your mindset question, it's two it's two layers. It's that first, just being aware, and then second, getting rid of the limiting beliefs to say, wait a minute, the business can survive and thrive in my absence. I I just need to do the right tactics, tools, strategies, and culture, you know, invest in the people the right way, and this will work. Mm. I want to ask you what you mean by, because I think this will be a powerful answer for a lot of people that are in this position. They're like, yeah, I know, but I don't. Why is it selfish not to remove it? Why is it selfish not to invest in systems, trainings, people that help you remove yourself from the day-to-day -day activities of the business? So this is such a great question because so many people disagree with me when I first say it. So I appreciate you asking. It is selfish to be the center of your business as an entrepreneur for this reason. I want you to imagine for a moment that you've got 10 employees, 20, it doesn't matter what the number is, but let's say it's 10 just for the sake of conversation. Each employee has a spouse, a couple of kids that are in school, some are in college, some are, you know, getting ready to get married and leave the house. And their job, their W-2 income is through the business that you own and operate. So that should make you feel pretty humbled to know that you're providing that. But then on the other hand, if the business is completely reliant upon you, think about how much danger you're putting every one of their livelihoods in. You go out one day and you get hit by a bus or you unexpectedly end up with some sort of uh, illness and you're in the hospital for an extended period of time. What happens to those people? They're relying on your presence and your activity to get things done so that they can take home a paycheck. And if they can't take home a paycheck, everybody fails. Th their whole family is in jeopardy because of you. So it's actually selfish, maybe unintentionally so, but nevertheless, still the same. It is selfish to be the center of your business, to be the wheel, the hub around which the wheel turns or the hinge upon which the company swings. You can't be that without being selfish. Boom. I love that. Really, really powerful way of, of looking at it. And it reminds me of a conversation that I once had with a coach about charging more money. And I told him, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm struggling to charge more money. You know, it's like, I feel it's too much to ask for people. And he said, Mario, you're being really selfish. And I was like, what? I was like triggered. I was like, what, what, what the fuck? Why am I selfish? I'm, I'm actually doing them a favor. I'm charging less. And he says, said to me, what is your responsibility as a coach? And I said, well, to help get clients results. I said, great. Okay. I said, what's the number one factor that, that determines whether your client is going to get a result or not? And I didn't know the answer. And he said to me, how emotionally involved they are. They need to be involved and committed to this. And he said to me, how do you get someone to be emotionally involved in something? I was like, 
Oh, oh shit. That's like, of course, the more money they pay, the more emotionally they're involved. Cause they're like, well, if I pay this guy $20,000, I will make damn sure that I'm going to show up to the T every single day. I'm going to take all the actions. And that completely changed my mindset. But I was like, of course, I'm going to charge people more because they get better results. And that helps their people and their families and their companies. So I love this mindset that you brought forward. Yeah. Well, you know, a, a, an analogy that I think all of us could understand is if you buy a $20 pair of sunglasses at the gas station, and that's the sunglasses that you wear every day in your car, uh, what's the likelihood of you leaving them somewhere, breaking them, whatever? It's probably pretty high. But if you go out and spend $250 on a new pair of Oakley's or a Wiley X sunglasses, uh, you're probably not going to leave them anywhere. You're probably going to take good care of them. You're not going to sit on them. And so the same thing happens throughout all of life. And I know this from experience as a coach, just like you do. The people who are in my programs who either got in as a companion to someone else at a discount or maybe that maybe I gave them a discount because of something else. Um, they are the ones who don't show up for the meetings. <laughs> They're the ones who don't show yes. up. And the guy who's paying full tilt shows up and, and apologizes when he can't. And yes. that happened yesterday. We had a mastermind meeting yesterday and I, you know, a couple of guys couldn't come and they were calling me, man, I'm so sorry. I can't come. All right. They, they, they were, they're paying full tilt. The guy, the guy that was there at a discounted companion with his business partner didn't even call. Now, does that make him a bad person? No, it's just the reality of you don't have any emotional, I love how you said that, emotional investment into it through the finances. So, um, you know, I, I ask, when I talk to a potential client, one of the questions I always ask is, when's the last time you invested in yourself financially? And of course, I'm only talking to business owners because that's all I work with. I don't work with any, I don't work with corporate executives. I don't work with anybody, employees. I work with business owners and, and they'll usually say something like, well, you know, uh, we went to a trade show or we went to, I read books, or, <laughs> you know, something like, no, I'm talking about you. When, when did you invest in yourself financially? And and most could say, well, never. Occasionally I'll have people that come and say, well, I hired a coach and I paid $60,000 or whatever. And, and, you know, and I said, well, what happened? And they said, well, um, you know, it didn't work out. And then I kind of get to the bottom of it to tell me, are you willing to invest in yourself financially? So if somebody's paying me a hundred grand to work with me, that's going to, I'll, I'll get them. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll increase that by 500%. There's no doubt because the, it will increase their valuation of their business. The time that they get back, the return on their investment is mostly in time that it's going to be worth so much more. So if they're not willing to invest the money to get time, then I can't work with them because that's what I truly believe. I think you should invest money to get time, not time to get money. Mm. Invest to get time. I like that concept. And you answered the question that I wanted to ask you. Why should people hire a business coach? You already answered that. And I'm wondering, do you think that hiring a business coach makes sense for everybody that's a, who, who runs a business? Yeah, I think it's a necessary. Uh, I think it's a necessary part of every business plan. Uh, I look back in my experience as a as an entrepreneur who started a, what what turned out to be a very successful company. My company really didn't explode until after I hired a business coach. I mean, we did mm -hmm. fine. I'm not saying that we didn't do anything until we had a business coach, but my life changed. The business changed when I hired the business coach. My perspective changed. Uh, my personal net worth started adding zeros to it because I started thinking differently. 
And the whole point of a business coach, and I, for those that are watching this video, is that a, a, an entrepreneur looks at their business through blinders like a horse. So I, for those that are just listening, I'm holding my hands up to, on either side of my eyeballs. So I'm just looking straight ahead. But what a business coach's job is to do is to take those blinders off and give a 180 degree perspective. And so a business coach and the client that he's working with should be hearing frequently from the client, huh, I never thought about that before, because that's what a business coach is supposed to do. I, I had a I had a potential client reach out to me just the other day, wanted to talk about it, and they, they are in the construction business. And uh, very different than I own an electrical contracting company, which is also in the construction business, but their side of the construction was completely different from mine. And they were like, well, you know, you know, you don't really have any specific business, you know, experience in this. I said, I don't have to. And as a matter of fact, I think it's even better that I don't, because when I come and visit you and we sit down and look at what you're doing, I'm going to be asking with very um, educated eyes and perception, but not biased to your business and to your industry. So I'm going to be able to look at that and say, hey, why are you doing it this way? And you're going to say, because our industry does it that way. And I'm going to say, well, have you considered this other industry? They do it this way. And they might go, holy crap, I've never thought about mm -hmm. that. That's actually a better way to do it. Mm -hmm. So a business coach is about perspective. And it is, it's an investment. It is not an expense. If you're, if you're spending money on a business coach and you're not at least 10 times that, earning back 10 times that in time and money, then you got a bad business coach. And there are tons of bad business coaches. Everybody who thinks... You know, they got an Instagram account and a cell phone that they can be a business <laughs> coach. They, no, no. I mean, what have they done? I always tell people, I say, look, if you're going to hire a business coach, they better do what you want to, they better have done what you want to do. And and that's, I think that's one of the criteria. So if you want to exit without exiting, I'm your guy. I'm probably the number one dude on the planet that can help you do that. Why would you go hire somebody who's not ever exited on how to do that? Or if on, the only business they ever started was a coaching business, like that doesn't mean they're not good entrepreneurs, but how are they going to help you build a brick and mortar or a service business or a, an online e-commerce business if they've not done it? It's it's weird because I think like it sounds like I'm contradicting myself, but you've got to hire a coach who's done what you want to do. Wow, that's a it's an interesting perspective, and I, and I share the perspective. And there's a lot of coaches that would disagree. And I know a lot of very successful coaches who help people that they have no experience with in their industry and they help them quadruple their business. I mean, even for myself, I, my, one of my clients, he's uh, runs a real estate business and he does um, Amazon and Walmart fulfillment. And I've never done anything like that. However, my expertise is mindset. And just like you, I ask the questions that make him say, holy shit. Yeah, you're right. Of course. And help help people. I mean, you you and I are both part of the same business network. And one of the mindset shifts that I got from my coach transformed my life and, and helped me give get the TEDx talk that is now over a half a million views that got me business and, and more exposure and more was to ask one question. Who before how? Who do I know that can help me with this? Because primarily I would ask myself, how do I, I know this? And then what do I do? Google, look online, look for a book. Now what I do is I tap into my network and say, hey, who do I know that could help me with this, you know, with my business? I'm, I'm kind of tired of running it. Oh, I know Jason. Hey, Jason, I got a question for you. And I see so many entrepreneurs that do not do this. 
because they have this mindset of asking for help is a weakness. I got to figure it out myself. Before we continue the conversation with my inspiring guest, I have a very special announcement to make. If you're a business owner, I have a feeling you started this journey because you want more than just success. You want to live a truly abundant life. That means having a profitable business to fund the lifestyle you love and create a massive positive impact. It also means having thriving relationships with people who inspire and challenge you being mentally, emotionally, and physically healthy so you can have the energy to go after what you really want while truly enjoying the process. And being able to go on adventures that really make life worth living rather than just sitting behind your computer all day. So if you would like to be able to have this kind of abundance in your life, then I've just got the right thing for you. The Abundance Accelerator Academy is my new membership community where we host three monthly coaching calls that are focused on helping you improve your mindset, grow your business, and create the kind of freedom you want. There are also fun monthly community growth challenges that help you build new success habits which you will need to access greater levels of abundance. All of this and more for just $69 per month. If this sounds exciting to you, visit www.abundanceupgrade4.me to learn more. And now, back to the show with my inspiring guest. And I'm wondering, what do you think about this, this idea of self-made millionaire or self-made billionaire, whatever? What do, you, what do you feel about that? I think that the term generally applies to the fact that it wasn't wasn't um it wasn't given to them through some sort of uh award or trust or inheritance that's generally i think what that means is they did it through their own activities rather than mm -hmm. mommy and daddy leaving them money but i also think it's a misnomer from the perspective of doing it 100 on your own because we know we can't do that on my on our own i think that my success as an entrepreneur i look at my employees and and of course i'm a quote self-made millionaire but i did that because i had tremendously amazing employees who helped build that i had um at one time a good business partner who helped was a part of that and and, and that's a whole nother story uh, my wife, you know, is very supportive through this entire thing. Mm. So I think all of those people added to it. Um, but ultimately, it came down to my work, my perspective, my actions that I took based on the influence and the activities of those around me. So I think self-made is an appropriate term from the sense of they didn't, you know, it's not the son of Elon Musk, you know, or whatever, <laughs> like there's already a, a multi-billionaire just by nature of being born into that family. Right. Uh, but, but, but if you look at, I think, I don't know what the statistics are, but if you look at the statistics of the, the, the richest people in the world, eight, what 80% 80 of those are self-made first generation. In other words, they, they went out and created that wealth on their own, meaning mom and dad didn't leave it to them. They didn't win the lottery. Yeah. Like here in the United States, there's the mega millions winner that just won one point, I think $3 billion like last week, Damn. one ticket. Yeah. And they're going to walk away with 433 million after taxes. Oh, but, what? <laughs> yeah. So it's, so they're, they're, you know, that's not self-made. Uh, so I think the self-made, so it's, I think that may be what you're getting at with that question, but that's kind of my perspective. Yeah, I appreciate that perspective. And, and for, for me, you know, to, 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 to play with what you were saying, 
I agree in the sense of there's a there's a tremendous amount of effort that you put into it. And it is through that effort that you were able to get to these levels of success. What I often see is that it denies the part of the, the story that says you didn't write the books that helped you have the, the insights. You you didn't create the coach that helped you go from, from six figures to seven figures. You know, so many of the things that you're building upon are already in an ecosystem that other people have created for you. And I feel that this mindset is often related to like what you were saying, the horse, you know, just looking straight ahead, straight ahead. And how much time, I mean, question for you, how much time, money, and energy have you saved by having a powerful network of people? Golly, I don't know that it's even calculable. I, um, that's a great, that's great insight, Mario. And, and that's why people should hire you as a, as a mindset coach. <laughs> but I think that, I think that the the answer to that would be an enormous number of hours uh, and energy and, 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 of course, money as well, because our net work is our net worth. And that's not just a cliche. It is literally the truth. You are the average of the top five people you hang out with the most. That is your network. And uh, so if you're hanging around guys who want to just party every weekend, get drunk, go, go chase girls, um, it doesn't matter what your aspirations are. You might you might do a little better than the average of those guys, but you're going to be the average of those guys. So what I learned a long time ago, and this is why I wanted to hire a coach, is that I, if I want to succeed and excel as an entrepreneur and move from six to seven figures and beyond, I've got to get around people who are doing it. Because I want to, I want to, I want to get in a group where I'm not the smartest guy in the room, that I'm not the richest guy in the room, that I'm not the most well-connected guy in the room. I want to get in those rooms and be lifted up. And I think that's one thing, the organization that you and I belong to together, that's one of the things I love about it is that that's one of the things I learned because I, I enjoyed being the smartest guy in the room for a long time in, in a lot of the rooms I hung out with. And, and I'm not trying to be arrogant. It's like I was just hanging out with the wrong people. That's the whole point. I was just not, not, in, not in rooms with the right people. And then when I joined that organization, I was challenged with, you can't be the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. Oh, okay. So then oh, I got to look for better rooms. I got to get in different rooms. And I, I, I went down last night. We were talking pre-show. Uh, I took a friend of mine who's a, our, a fellow TED talker that was on the stage with us back in April this year. Uh, we we got together and went down to Nashville, this private club that I belong to. And one of the uh, members of the club is a is a, a Formula One uh, indie driver, and he was there with his car, and there were a lot of, you know, muckety mucks from Nashville there, kind of looking at the car, talking about things, and I, I actually took a moment to think about that, and I actually did a video and posted on my Instagram about, if you want to be successful, you got to get around these people, This is, these are the people you want to get around, and it's not because I want to drive a race car or I want to own the toys that they have, it's because they're operating in a special space that I need to step into. And that's what this is about. Network and net worth. That's those are connected. Mm, very, very powerful answer. And, you know, as you were talking, what came up for me? So I'm, I'm reading this book. I can't tell you the title. I just got it. It's new. And it essentially talks about the, the journey of uh, Jesus and Buddha. It's about spirituality. Um, and in a part, in one part of the book, the author is saying that he was asking himself how people like Buddha and Jesus were so extremely powerful in the way that they were living. How were they able to create these transformational movements across millennia? 
And people always say that these that's, that's because they were the ultimate leaders. And he said, he challenges that notion. And he says, that's not true. He says, these two people were the ultimate followers. They were following the word of God. They were following the, high, the, the, the message that they were getting from the highest spirit. And that made me think. And I was like, how often am I trying to be the leader versus being the student, being the follower and saying, okay, what can I learn here? And I'm wondering, what, what is, how do you feel about that? Well, I think that in general, I think that what you're saying is 100% right in terms of we've got to be humble enough to to get in the room where we're not the smartest person in the room. It's it's I think it's natural human tendency to want to be the best at everything or to be the smartest or the most well connected or the most uh you know the most wealthy, but but the reality is there's only there's only one person who's the most in anything. Everybody else is chasing that. And I think we mm. just need to acknowledge it and say listen, I just need to get in places where I can follow their lead and and learn learn from them. And honestly, I think this goes too to um, to mindset. To go back to an earlier question, is that when I started my journey, and I actually I don't think I've ever really said this out loud. I don't even think I've thought about it until just now. But when I started my entrepreneur journey, and, and you know what, if I say this, people are going to completely take this out of context. So I, I'm going to I'm going to risk. Oh, this. Let's, let's, let's hear it. But here's the thing: like I I, I truly and 100 percent believe that when you start as your entrepreneur journey, you should get involved in the Chamber of Commerce. You should get involved in Business Network International. You should get involved in these places where there's people trying to excel, accelerate their growth and do things because that's what that's for. But once you get to a certain level of, of, of success and experience, those places no longer become the places that are lifting you up. They're holding you back. And, and again, that's going to take, be taken completely out of context because that's oh, going to so say true. He's, he's shitting on the chambers of commerce. And no, I'm not. I think they're fantastic places that pour so much great things back into the community. Business Network International, BNI, one of the best networking organizations in the country ever, or in the world ever. So it has nothing to do with their value. It is, uh, it is appropriating the value to the right spot in the journey. So, so for you and me, the reason we joined the organization that we are, uh, you know, we we joined together is because it's time to move to that next level that that a chamber of commerce cannot provide or a business network international cannot provide. And there's other groups like there's Vistage and EO and, and Convene and C12. They're, these are all fantastic organizations that have a place for you at a certain spot along your journey, but you can't stay there forever. Um, I, I was at a conference two weeks ago. And I heard uh, Gary Gary Vaynerchuk was there. He was one of the keynote speakers, and he he was talking about. And I, he's not the only one who said this originally, but he said, you know, don't tell me you've got twenty years experience because really you have one year of experience twenty times. Mm. And 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 so as entrepreneurs, we 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 go to something that really was powerful and valuable and lifted us up, and then we stay there, thinking that we'll continue to do that, and it simply won't do it. And this goes to our profession. And I don't know if you agree with what I'm about to say here, but I think a business coach life, a shelf life of a business coach for a single individual is about three years. Once you pass three years, that business coach is so ingrained in what you do. They can't pull you to new heights because now they see everything the way you do. Their blinders have been put on the same way that you had before you hired them. And I may be wrong about that, but that's been my experience with my coaches. I got about three years into that coach who helped me. 
And then I said, I, I think we're done here. He was disappointed, but I'm like, I, we got to move on. He did fantastic, but we got to move on to something else. Hired a different coach. I, I just think that what to, what got us to where we are today won't get us to where we will go tomorrow. We got to find new groups of people to get around. Oh man, I am so happy that you just said that. This is so 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 true. And you know, this is one of the things that I do when when I work first work with my clients is I show them their success recipe. They think it's something that's actually bad for them. And I help them see that how they created success to get to this level is now no longer valid in helping them elevate to the next level. And part of this is what you were talking about early in the podcast is like the hustle. You know, hustle is not sustainable, but it works to give you results. You know, you can iron out those hours and go, 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 hustle, hustle, do the cold, uh, uh, um, uh, reach out, all of that stuff. That works, gets you to one level. However, once you get to the level and you're trying to get to the next level with that, you're going to burn out. You're not going to be able to do that because you now have a bigger amount of responsibility around yourself. You have more things to manage. You have more things to, to focus on. And so just like you said, it's like you join a network, you join a group of people and at some point, you need to take an inventory and say, is this now supporting me to maintain where I'm at? Or is it limiting me in my next evolution? And I've, I've experienced that multiple times, you know, be, because I've invested so much in my myself in terms of coaching, uh, in terms of, you know, all the things that elevated my, my mindset and my consciousness, I have a tendency to grow, outgrow environments very quickly. And at some point I was like, oh, maybe this is just me, you know, I'm being too judgmental, I'm selfish, I should just, you know, maybe I'm wanting too much. And then I said, actually, no, like, this is not a coming from a judgmental place. I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'm just saying it's not for me anymore. And with coaches, I had the same thing. I had hired coaches and I quickly surpassed them in terms of the success. And I was like, hmm, I don't know, I, you know. Now I'm having people around me that are like seven, eight figure entrepreneurs that are challenging me to do like things where I'm like, what? Like yeah. my, my mentor the other day, he was like, I was like, okay, you know, I'm thinking about writing my book now. And he's like, mm -mm, don't write a book. And I'm like, why? Everybody is there successful writes a book. Say, yeah. Do a documentary film. And I'm like, mm, what? He's like, yeah, yeah, do a documentary film on Netflix. And I'm like, for and I felt that in my stomach. I was like, oh shit! If I say yes to this, I know I'm gonna go make it happen. Oh my goodness! I have no idea how to even get started on that one. And that's how I knew it, it felt right. But this is the kind of person that makes me challenge my, my own thinking, where I'm like, hell yes, let's go. Yeah. Well, I, I I'm glad that we see it the same way. And I think that the danger that we feel in voicing this opinion, especially publicly, like we're doing on a podcast is that people will misinterpret what we mean by saying, well, you just think, you know, everything or you're better than me. Right. Um, well, I, first of all, the only honest answer to the question, do you think you're better than me is yes. We all think we're better than everyone. <laughs> I mean, we're being honest. But, 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 but the reality is it's not arrogance to acknowledge what brought you to where you are and realize that you've outgrown it and moved to the next. That, that is not arrogance. That has nothing to do with arrogance thinking I'm better. Yeah. It's just, I'm at, at a different spot in my life. And so the friends that I had 20 years ago, uh, some are still with me, but but I've outgrown some of those relationships in the sense that my life has moved to a different direction in a different direction. So some are still corporate employees. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner on five businesses. 
Like I don't, th- our lives don't intersect the same way they did 20 years ago when we were both yeah. corporate employees and blah, blah, blah. Th- Does that make me better? No, that does not. It just makes me different. I'm different. And, and in the same way that if we were both entrepreneurs and then he went off to become a corporate employee, he might say, well, I don't understand him anymore. And the relationship drifts. We just have to acknowledge that it is not arrogance. I think we're too worried about what other people think of us. I think Osho was the one who said the greatest fear that mankind has to overcome is the fear of other people's opinions. And we all struggle with that. We call it imposter syndrome, whatever we want to call it. But um, but but we've got to get over that and we got to be honest about it. And 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 I follow Jesus and I'm very concerned about making sure that people see him in me and everything that I do and say. And 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 so in the back of my mind, I want to make sure that nobody looks at me and goes, well, that's not representative of the kingdom. That's not representative of Jesus. So, mm-hmm. so for me, I have a dual thing. I'm thinking like, I got to, I want to do the right thing in business in the world, but, but I want to also honor my savior. I want to honor the King. So for me, I can't just say F it. I don't care what anybody thinks. I'll do whatever the blank I want. Like so many people do. I think that's Gary V's attitude, Brad Lee's attitude. There's some Grant Cardone's attitude. I can be like them without being that way. I'm I'm never going to go. I'm never going to push myself into that place, but I still think the mentality is correct. I think their mentality is right. I don't care what you think because I'm going to make a life for my family, for my community and for the people who work for me. And I'm not concerned about what you're saying on your couch at home, uh, eating potato chips. I'm not worried about it, but but that I don't know. It, it, I'm glad we get brought this up. I don't normally talk about this out loud, especially publicly. <laughs> <laughs> this is so 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 relevant and i'm 100 with you i think the I, I agree i think one of the biggest if not the biggest challenge for all of us is to transcend the opinion of others because so much of our identity is held up in the eyes of other people and it's been conditioned into us from childhood you know when you grow up mommy and daddy when they gave you a pat on the back or a kiss on the cheek you feel like oh they love me great I'm a good boy. So now when you go out into the world and that same mechanism is working when you post something online and you get five likes and you're like, oh, five likes, they hate me. Oh my God, I'm a piece of shit. But then you get 20 likes. Oh my goodness, oh, this is so great. You know, And so your emotional state g- goes up and down with the amount of likes you get, with the approval you get. And as an entrepreneur, this is detrimental to success because- you need to be able to pivot into areas where people do not agree. And this is also why so many people today, you know, whether it's in coaching or it's in agencies, it's just a regurgitation of the same thing over and over and over again. And just like, okay, here's another person on LinkedIn who says, hi, Mario, I can help you take your business to 30K with leads. And I'm like, dude, I'm not even going to respond to that. It's just the same thing again and again. Where's the innovation? Where's the creativity? Like, yeah. I, it's just not there. And why is it not there? Because they are so afraid of what people will <clears throat> say about them if they do this one crazy idea that they have popping up in the back of their minds. <laughs> hey, can, we, can we blow up LinkedIn for just a minute? I, I'm so <laughs> glad you brought that up. I'm going to pull up on my phone here some of this crap that's happened just in the last 48 hours <laughs> on LinkedIn. The, the, people, Stop. Like, please, I want my micro content guy, my editor, I want this to be put on my social media. And I want it, especially on LinkedIn. You LinkedIn people who are trying to sell to me, stop. It is not working. First of all, my first name is not the. 
Okay, that is not my first name. And for those of you that know how I'm listed everywhere as the real Jay Zaduggan, you know what's happening. Is that I'm just getting put in this machine and it pulls the first word out of my name, the real Jason Duncan, and it says, hi, the comma. And it goes on like, dude, if you can't even screen your messages to me and get my name right, for no, absolutely not. Second of all, I, I don't need you to help. Like, hello, sir. Do you want help promote your Apple podcast? Okay, <laughs> no. Uh, and, and this person, I love this. Um, hope you're doing well, the real Jason. Wanted to circle back <laughs> on my initial message. If you're looking to increase your income, blah, blah, blah. Okay, the next paragraph, listen to this. Other women leaders are tapping into the growing <laughs> demand. I'm like, what? And I realize we're in a weird place and some people don't know what genitals mean oh, and they don't know which bathroom God. they should use, but I'm definitely not a woman. <laughs> Stop it. I am not going to respond oh. to this. I'm a pretty open LinkedIn connector. If you if you say, hey, I want to connect, I'm probably going to connect. Unless you say, hi, the, I'm not going to do it. LinkedIn people quit. What is your problem? Get back to the good old fashioned, follow somebody, genuinely engage with their content. And at some point, earn the opportunity to ask you got to provide value before you ask. Anyway, that's my soapbox for today. I, I just, I almost want to get off of LinkedIn because of the idiots trying to sell to me on LinkedIn, like leave me the hell alone. You are not doing a very good job at this. Oh man. I'm so, so happy that you said that. And I, oh, it's just so <laughs> true. And, and you know, how many business coaches are using their grand uh, grow your business by 10 X factor is this is send an, an uh, automation and cold emails or on Instagram DMs or have your virtual assistant send a thousand messages and eventually 10 people will get back to you in an automation. And I used to do that in the, because I was like, okay, they're all crushing it. Wow, you know, there's a 100K month, 200K. I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I need to do this. And I did, and I, I felt terrible from the first day. And obviously I didn't get a single sale out of that because I, my whole attitude was like, I wouldn't even want me to talk to myself with that, that approach until I realized what I was doing. I was like, I'm shutting all of this down and I need to take a look at myself. And it's like, what feels right to me? What can I stand behind? How can I be proud of the way that I approach people? And it's not this cold reach out approach. So I distanced myself from that. And I said, I'm going to, from now on, I'm only going to do what's aligned with my heart. Ta-da, my business started to grow ex expansively. And I was like, oh, this actually works. It's not just a thing. So I'm glad that you brought this up. Yes. Well, it's it's LinkedIn is the worst on that particular issue. There are a lot of Instagram too. There's a lot of people wanting to, hey, I can get you in the next article of LA Weekly about the top up entrepreneurs yeah. for $500. Like, listen, dude, leave me alone. But but Instagram is, uh, in my opinion, you kind of expect that because Instagram is just billions of anybody's. LinkedIn's supposed to be professional network. It's not just anybody and, and they, they're ruining it. So just, just stop. My gosh, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this, this, this has been a lot of fun. I have, I have two more questions that I want to ask you. One question is that I'm curious is if you could spend an hour of your time with any person in the world, dead or alive, doesn't matter who would it be and why? All right. This is so easy for me because uh, it would be Jesus Christ. I I mean, as I said earlier, I am a follower of Jesus. And uh, if I had that opportunity to spend one hour with any person living or dead, uh, you know, past or present, you know, I would, it would be him. And the reason is because 
he is the creator of the universe. He's my savior and and, and king. And I, and I would love to just have that one-on-one time. I, I there's, I, obviously I'd probably walk away feeling ashamed of what I'm missing <laughs> that I'm not, I'm not living up to, but then I think I would also feel this extreme sense of approval. Say, listen, you're good. You're all right. Don't worry about it. I love you. So I would love, that would be my number one person. Mm, interesting. I said the same thing. I also said Jesus when I was asked that question. <laughs> Final question for you is you're going to have access to a cheat code that allows you to 10x any area of your life within the next six to 12 months. What would it be and why? Oh, wow. So that's interesting. That's a great question. Nobody's ever asked that before. I think that, you know, if, I, if I'm trying to be holistic in my view, I, I first my first thought was, was there something in my family that I could that could 10x? But, but my relationship with my wife and kids is great. So there's not... I don't need a cheat code there. I'm actually living that out in reality. Uh, so I think in terms of business, you know, just to use it in terms for what I would do the cheat code is um, I would, I would probably quadruple or even quintuple my mastermind, uh, just get new clients in the mastermind because I truly, for number one, I truly think it's changing people's lives. But second, it's the thing I enjoy doing more than anything in my professional life right now. I, I really love running my mastermind to Exeter club, uh, more than just about anything. So I would probably use that cheat code to get 50 new clients in my mastermind. I love it. I love it. Very clear answer, very straightforward, beautiful answer. So if someone is interested in joining this mastermind, in taking a sip of the exit lifestyle cup, how do they find you? What's the best way to connect with you? So so there's a, so as we said, at the very beginning, if you're just interested in your readiness to exit, just generally speaking, had nothing to do with joining a mastermind or anything else, but like genuinely just interested, am I ready to exit.com is a great place for you to go fill out that form, get the assessment report back. And then some of you will qualify to talk about, talk about that directly with me. Uh, but if you are the person that's ready to take action. You're like, Hey, I need a mastermind to help me figure out how to get out of daily operations. That's what I need. And that's what I want. Let me tell you a little bit about how to get in touch with me on that. First of all, the Exeter club is for men only it's for entrepreneurs. Um, you need to be doing at least, you know, two to $10 million in revenue, uh, to, to, to qualify, to be a part of it. There are certain qualifications, but we meet a couple of times a month. Uh, we have two happy hours per month by Zoom because we're all over the world. So we get together and just drink and hang out and talk on Zoom. It's always a fun time. We do four workshops a year on the weekends, bring in guest speakers, and we do two luxury retreats a year. So it's a very high level experience as a mastermind. Uh, you can go to theexeterclub.com, theexeterclub.com. And Exeter is just like the word exit, just add ER on the end, EX. I-T-E-R. So the exeterclub.com, there's a couple of videos on that page that talk about what it is that, that highlight it. And it lists very clearly what you're getting and what you're paying for. And there's an application button. So you have to apply. Once you apply, we get access to your application and we'll reach back out to you and have a conversation about whether or not you qualify, tell you how much the dues are. And, uh, and then whether or not you uh, qualify to get in and want to pay the dues, then we'll, we'll get you in. That's the exeterclub.com. But generally speaking, Mario, just like just general, follow me on the at on on Instagram at the real Jason Duncan or LinkedIn at the real Jason Duncan. But if you send me a sales message, I will digitally punch you in the face. <laughs> Don't do 
<laughs> so if you're looking to dive into this magic that Jason uh, shared today, make sure to check him out. I will add all of your links in, in the show notes. The real Jason Duncan, I had a real pleasure speaking with you. I'm so happy that we dropped some of those real truths and came up with uh, what I think some people needed to hear today. And uh, you're always a welcome guest on my show. So thank you very much for being here. Mario, you have the coolest name of anybody I've been on a show with in a long time. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. All righty, everyone. Thank you for tuning into the Self-Doubt Solution. This is Mario Lanzarotti, the Freedom Architect, and I will see you on the next episode. Peace out, everyone.